0: Two, Luke chapter 2. It's such a blessing, regardless of the situation and the circumstances that we find ourselves in, is to come into the house of God and to celebrate the birth of Jesus. We're at Luke chapter 2. And I heard about a, a couple that went Christmas shopping out at the mall and they were out there and uh, you know shopping specifically for their grandkids. And as they were shopping for their grandkids, the, the husband just got really fed up with waiting and with standing in lines. And he said, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm going somewhere else. I can't follow you around, he told his wife. And and he took off and he went wandering around the mall by himself, just like any other uh, of us men would do. Uh, well, his wife got really impatient and she called him and asked him, where, where are you? I, c- I keep looking for you. There's lines, there's crowds, there's people. I... Cannot find you." And she was starting to become very upset and frustrated as they were there shopping for their grandkids. So then he, he asked her, "Well, honey, do you remember? do you remember 30 years ago when we first got married? And we walked into that, that beautiful jewelry store. And you saw that pearl necklace that was that was right there by the, the glass counter that we saw. And I told you that that we couldn't afford it then, but one day I was gonna be able to afford it for you, and I was gonna buy it for you. Do you do you remember where that was at? And she she stops and she no longer is mad. Her her voice starts to crack over the phone. She says, Yes, honey, I, I didn't know where that was at. Thinking that he was gonna buy it for her. Well, he says, Well, I'm in the gun shop next door to that. <laughs> You know, no matter how different Christmas is, and it may look different the way we're celebrating it, but the meaning of Christmas has not changed. We've titled today's message, Finding Joy and Peace on Christmas. Finding joy and peace on Christmas. You see, these are two gifts. These are two gifts that cannot be purchased. These are two gifts that cannot be received now. Any other place or anywhere else outside of God's will. Today in the climate and in the environment that we're living in, people are desperately looking and searching for peace and for joy. And the reason why we've titled this message, Finding Now Joy and Peace on Christmas, is because this is what we're all looking for. This is what we all have been looking for all year. We've been looking for joy. We have been searching for peace. And we see that all around us, people are filled with fear now. And we're learning something very important, and that is that we are not in control, but that God is in control. I was reading a book this week by uh, one of my favorite authors, Leonard Ravenhill, that said there are three types of people number one, those that are afraid, number two, those who don't know enough to be afraid. And number three, those that know their Bibles. (laughs) Is there anybody here that knows their Bible? Amen. We know our Bible. And because we know our Bible, we know that God is in control. You see, the Christmas message, I want you to know this, it's a message that says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And we're going to see this in the announcement now, that the angel gives now to the shepherds out on the field. This is a very re- relevant message for us tonight. Because we ought not to be afraid no matter that what is behind us or what is even before us right now. He is Emmanuel, God is before us and we're not facing it alone. It was in Matthew chapter 1 verse 23 that the angel told the angel Gabriel told Joseph, "Behold the virgin shall be with child and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us." You see that is Who the Messiah is. That is who Jesus is. God with us. God came near. So that we can face every single situation that we're going through now with Christ. And we see this now in Luke chapter 2 verse 1. Why don't we read this together? As we look for and we find joy and peace on Christmas. It says this, and it came to pass... So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth a firstborn son, or her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Can we pray? Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, because the message of Christmas is do not be afraid. We thank you, Lord, because the angel came... And spoke to Joseph, spoke to the shepherds, spoke to Mary, do not fear. And I pray, Lord, that tonight as we've come into your house, that we would find that which we've been looking for desperately as a people, as a church, as a nation, even as a world. And that is joy and peace. We know that we cannot find that outside of you. We cannot find that outside of Jesus. I ask, Lord, that we would rely on you and only you. It is in Jesus' name we pray. And together the church would say strong and loud, amen. Now notice what it says here in chapter 2, now verse 1 of the book of Luke, as it gives us now the story of the birth of Christ. And I want you to pay attention because this is an actual time and an actual place in history. That, that here, what is happening now, that Caesar Augustus now sent a decree as the Roman emperor now that was governing now the Roman Empire, and he sent a decree, decree that all would be numbered. Now, the census was for the purpose of taxation. In fact, what Caesar Augustus wanted to do, he wanted to flex his power. He called himself and he was self-proclaimed Augustus, which means one that is to be worshipped as God. And during this time, historically, we see that he had set in place a peace treaty called the Pax Romana. The Pax Romana, which meant now that they were uh, establishing peace by military force. So the Jewish people during this time, during the time of the birth of Jesus, notice this, the Jewish people were living under fear, they were living under oppression, and they were living under heavy social unrest. Now does that not sound like the days that we're living in right now? Maybe some fear, oftentimes we think of other things as oppression, and certainly social unrest that was taking place. Now Caesar Augustus thought that he was ruling, but God was overruling. (laughs) There are often times we think that there is a government that is ruling, but we have to realize that God is the one that's overruling. And it tells us this, that he now set a decree that went out that all the world should be registered, or the entire Roman world should be registered, the entire civilized world. And the census first took place, or was taking place, when Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, verse 3, everyone to his own city. Everyone was moving from one place to the other, going to their hometown to be registered. Now, do you see how God is working through human circumstances for divine purposes? There are often times in our lives that we see that God is moving different things or different things are changing in our world. And we often, find, we, we often think, well, well, who is really in control? Now, we see here, That Caesar Augustus set out this decree, and it was through these human circumstances where everyone needed to travel to their homeland, that God in them was working divine purposes. God was in control. Now notice what happens here, that Joseph now, verse 4, went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David. So because everyone had to travel to their hometown, the Bible tells us that Joseph traveled out of Galilee or Nazareth towards Bethlehem. Now he had to be registered in Bethlehem because that was his hometown. And we see and we study that Bethlehem was a very small place. In fact, Bethlehem means house of bread. And we know that it was out of the house of bread now that the bread of life was to be born in. was not that amazing there? That it was out of the house of bread, a place called the house of bread, that there the bread of life was to be born, Jesus Christ. In fact, John chapter 6, verse 35, it says that, And Jesus said to them, I'm the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Jesus was to be born in Bethlehem. So Caesar Augustus calls them to be registered. And now here we see that Joseph is traveling 700 miles to get to Bethlehem. Now, do you see here that he's as he's traveling now from one place to the other, he's traveling to arrive at the place where prophetically it was the location where Jesus was to be born. In fact, the prophecy was actually given to us 700 years before. The distance of traveling was 80 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem. So he went now to be registered now to his wife there, Joseph now. And here we see prophecy being fulfilled. Now you would ask yourself, why is this so important that prophecy is fulfilled? Because you can trust that Jesus was the Messiah. Why is it so important that we know prophecy? Because prophecy teaches us that God is in control. If there was ever a time that we ought to look to prophecy, church, it's in the days that we're living in right now. Because prophecy gives you and me the peace tonight that God is in control. Just like he was in control that night when Joseph took his betrothed wife, his engaged wife Mary, and they traveled over to Bethlehem where the Bible says in Micah that Jesus was to be born. Now let's look here in verse 5 and 6. To be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child, So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. Now as they were in Bethlehem, the days and the time for her to give birth came about now. And in verse 7 it tells us that she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room in the inn for them. Now I want you to look to your Bible right now. And underline where it says, because there was no room for them in the inn. Because the time came for Jesus to be born, but Scripture says that He was born in Bethlehem in a manger. It was in a stable, in a cave where the animals fed and lived. And and it says here that He was born there because there was no room for them in the inn. Now it's very interesting because this verse speaks to us today. Jesus... Being born as a servant, not in royal robes, but in cloths now, very humble now. Laid in a manger because there's no room in the inn for him. There was no lodging available. In fact, every room was occupied. They had a full occupancy, and there was no occupancy left for Jesus. Now, as we pause here, we look at that verse, I want us to think about how oftentimes We push Jesus away and we fill every room in our hearts with different things and there's no room for Jesus in the end of our hearts. You know oftentimes why Jesus can't come in in our lives, in our time, in the space that we're living in? is because oftentimes we're preoccupied with secondary matters. There are times that we can't experience the peace and the joy that God has for us, because we're already filled with other things that the world is putting in our hearts and in our mind. For example, when fear comes into your mind and it paralyzes you, or, or, or now the anxiety that comes into your heart now, and no longer do we have room for Jesus that brings now joy and peace in our lives. Notice this, Jesus could not go in also because they weren't willing to open their hearts to him. You see, oftentimes Jesus wants to come in. Jesus wants to speak to us. He wants to speak to you tonight. But are you willing and are you open to receive what he has for you? I want to ask you tonight, church, as you've come in, are you open for God to speak to you in the end of your heart right now? Are you open for the word of encouragement that he has for you? Or is there no room or no occupancy left for Jesus? No reception left for him? Oftentimes we have no room for him, but I want you to know he has many rooms for you. The Bible says that he himself said, I'm going to prepare a place for you in heaven. Isn't that amazing? That Jesus himself said, You know, don't be afraid, don't be troubled. I'm going now to heaven. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And now an announcement is going to come at the fields. Isn't this amazing that we're going to see an announcement right here? But the announcement, notice this, comes to people that are open to receive it. You see, Jesus, he comes into our lives and he's such a gentleman. He's not going to force himself in. He wants to know tonight if we are open to receive him. He wants it on a night if we are open to receive the joy and the peace that he has for us. In fact, this announcement that comes to the shepherds came to those that didn't have their own view, that didn't have their own system, that didn't have their own opinion about how to escape the oppression of the world. They're very common and simple people. And the oppression of the world was very heavy and they felt the pressure. The Jewish people of the Romans that were coming against them and the taxation that was upon them. They were in a financial crisis and distress. We see that taking place in our world right now. But the shepherds were not trying to figure it out for themselves. They were just people that were opened now to receive and didn't have their own idea of joy and of peace. They were common and simple people. In fact, the shepherds were noted to be, in Scripture, ceremonially unclean. Isn't that incredible? That that God came and sent His angel to come and to give an announcement of the Messiah and of the Savior to those that weren't religious, to those that weren't royalty, to those that didn't have a, a status, or those that were not even considered clean. They couldn't even go into the temple and worship. Because they were considered unclean. There are often times that we want to come to church or we want to come get close to the Lord. And we say, well, Lord, there's no way that you can receive me. (laughs) If I go to church, there's no way that they will receive me because of how unclean I am. Or because of my past. Or because I don't look like everyone else. Or because I I don't fit the description of a perfect Christian, so to speak. (laughs) But I love that God said he pushed all that aside and said, I'm going to the common and to the simple and to those whose hearts are open to receive. You see, if you want to find tonight peace and joy on Christmas, what it requires is an open heart for Jesus. Do you have an open heart for Jesus tonight? Because that's exactly what it requires. And it tells us here in the very next verse, verse 8, now they were in the same country shepherds. I love that. The good shepherd came first to the shepherds out in the field, living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Regular people, (laughs) people like us that need a Savior, that realize their need for salvation, for a rescuer, for a deliverer, Do you notice that God came to those that realize their need for a deliverer? And today God wants you to know and realize your need for Him. The worst thing that can happen to us, church, is that we come to church, but we failed to realize our need for Him. You see, here the shepherds knew that they needed a deliverer. They knew that the Jewish people needed redemption and a Savior. So it says this in verse 9. It says, they're watching over their flock by night. They're faithfully, these shepherds. And in verse 9 it says, And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Now I don't know about you. If you saw an angel tonight at your house, would you be afraid? (laughs) I know I would. We've never seen anything like that. Right? Right? So it says that they saw this angel at night. They were greatly afraid because the radiance, the glory, it was a as of a bright light that was shining before them. Now if you think about the fields that these now shepherds were, these fields were very dark fields. And now they suddenly see a very bright light, the glory of the Lord that was that was shining before them. And notice what happens. They were filled with... Fear. Why were they filled with fear? They didn't recognize this. They didn't know what was happening. <laughs> there are often times that God wants to reveal himself to us, and he uses oftentimes maybe strange things, supernatural things, or circumstances to reveal himself to us. And just because we don't recognize it, you know what happens? We immediately become fearful. So these shepherds became fearful. And it says here in verse 10 that the angel of the Lord said to them, I want you to pay attention, church, to this. Do not be afraid. <laughs> now, I'm going to read that again, and I want you to, to gather us out loud to say those words, do not be afraid. So it says this, then the angel said to them, here we go, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. You see, that's the message that we need to receive today. Do not be afraid. Do you know that in the do not be afraid, there's a promise? Maybe you've heard that a lot recently. Don't be afraid. (laughs) Maybe your spouse, a husband, a wife, maybe a parent, you know, or or maybe your children are are telling you, don't be afraid. (laughs) Right? Trust the Lord. But in the do not be afraid, there's a reassurance. In the do not be afraid, there's a promise in it. And do you know what the promise is in the do not be afraid? It's a promise of peace. Do not be afraid. There's a promise of peace here. Peace from what now? Or why is it that I'm not to be afraid? Because there's a promise of peace from the grief that you're in, shepherds. From the pain that you're experiencing, shepherds. From the heartache, from the fear, and from the now oppression, Don't be afraid now, because there is a promise of peace. Where is the promise of peace found? The promise of peace is only found in the presence of God. The promise of peace is only found in the presence of God. This is why the angel said, do not be afraid. Why? Jesus is here. The Messiah is here. Your redemption is here. Your salvation is here. Your Savior is here. You don't have to be afraid anymore. You know what he's really telling them? Stop living in fear. Because it wasn't only the moment that they were afraid about. It was the lifestyle that they were living in. And he's saying, stop living in fear. You can have peace now. Your Savior is here. Jesus is here. Now I want to tell you something tonight, church, on Christmas, now Eve, 2020. because we need to hear it, 2020 more than ever, that peace is not the absence of trouble. Notice this. Peace is not the absence of trouble. Peace is the presence of God. I'm going to say that again, because you need to hear that peace is not simply the absence of trouble. Peace is the presence of God. Do you have peace in your life right now? Are you experiencing the presence of God right now? Oftentimes we think, well, peace means that I, I'm not experiencing trouble. That's not what peace is. Peace means that I'm experiencing the presence of God. And what kind of peace is it that God offers us? Well, Jesus says that the peace that he offers me and you, it's an eternal peace. It's not a temporary peace. What would happen if you received good news right now that things were starting to change in our world? Would you, would you be relieved and have a little bit of peace tonight as you go to sleep? Maybe so. But what if tomorrow morning you woke up and things had changed again? You no longer would have the peace that you went to go sleep with. (laughs) You see, you know what that's called? That's called a temporary peace. A peace that can be taken away from you. Jesus didn't come to bring that peace. In fact, His birth and His presence brought an eternal peace for me and you. Jesus Himself said in John 14 verse 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives to you. Let your heart not be troubled. Notice this. Neither let it be afraid. Wow, this is amazing. Jesus came to be born as our Savior, as our Redeemer. And in His public ministry, He taught. He says, Let your heart not be troubled. Let it not be afraid. I'm not giving you a peace that the world has given you. I'm giving you a peace that comes from my presence. You know, oftentimes we've made the mistake this year of looking to the world to give us the news that we want to hear so that our hearts can be filled with peace. We've turned on the news to try to look for the answers that we've been waiting for all year so that our hearts can be filled with peace. We've looked for a report that is now favorable to us as far as health or safety or security, so that we can receive the news that is going to bring us a peace when it's only and simply a peace from the world. You know what Jesus said? I'm not going to give you that type of peace. The peace that I give you is going to give, remove fear and move trouble from your heart. It's going to be a peace that no one can take from you. And notice what happens here in verse 10 as we continue. It says, For behold... I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. <laughs> I'm going to bring you good news today. Man, the, this entire year, you might say, man, everything that we've been hearing has been bad news. And just when we think that we're going to go into a season of good news, we receive more bad news. <laughs> well, you know what the good news is? That today you have good news, and the good news is found in the presence of God, in the presence of Jesus being born. And notice what the verse says here, because this is a reassurance. You can leave today confident. You can leave tonight reassured. You can leave tonight not living in this fear that was gripping now the lives of these shepherds. Because they were open to receive these news. The news came to them. And notice verse 10, it says, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be, notice, to all people. Not to some people. Not to those people that that look a certain way. But the good news that I bring you is going to produce in you great joy. Are you willing to receive the good news tonight so that it can bring in you great joy? So that you can smile and have great joy because the presence of Jesus is within you and it produces great joy out of you. (laughs) You know how you ought to know and the world ought to know that you are a Christian by the love that you have but also by the joy that's coming out of your life. I pray that these next few days, even as you spend time with your family, that they would recognize a joy that can come from nowhere else but the presence of God. Now notice this. Notice what's taking place here. These good news, what are they bringing? Great joy. So it's an eternal peace, but it's also true joy. The Bible says that Jesus said in John 15 verse 11... He looked at His disciples and He said, These things I've spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. That you may be overabounding in joy. I'm telling you, these things? That you would abide in me? That you would obey me? That you would believe in me? That you would now live in, in fellowship with me? Jesus is saying, So that your joy may be full. So where does joy come from? It comes from the presence of God. But joy also comes from, notice this, obeying God you know what really robs you of joy disobedience and Jesus said you want true joy abide in me now here they're receiving these news in a very much so a time of crisis I want you to know this this was a time of crisis and the Roman government religion could not meet the need of man's heart Religion and government could not meet the need that was taking place in the heart of man. It was a time of misery. I want you to know that tonight, no type of religion or works-based system can meet the need between you and God. No government, no matter who's in office, can give you the peace and the joy that only God gives. And here, they were waiting for a Messiah. (laughs) Now, this is the reason which, in which they had to rejoice the good news of Jesus. Notice here, verse 11, For there is born to you this day in the city of David. I want you to underline that word, this day, to you in your Bible. Because today, this message is for you. Maybe a lot of people say, well, this message is good for my husband, or this message is good for my wife, or for my kids. Now, I wish they would just hear this message. No, this message is For you, it says, for today, now it says, is born to you in the city of Bethlehem, or in the city of David, a Savior, a Savior now, who is Christ the Lord. Now did these people, did these shepherds, did they need more sheep to have peace and joy? Did they need more money to have peace and joy? Did they need a, a, a better government to have peace and joy? What did they need to have peace and to have joy? What is it that they needed? They needed a Savior. <laughs> they didn't need security. They didn't need safety. They didn't need resources. They didn't even need a new government. What they needed is what they had been waiting for, and that was a Savior or a Deliverer. The birth of Jesus Christ promises us peace and joy because of the deliverance that the manger brings as it leads us to the cross of Calvary where our sins were forgiven Do you see why it's so important that we celebrate that today to you it's been given peace and joy and these are great news to each and every one of us notice this individually individually God came near now Not because we needed a reform, but because we needed forgiveness now. And here they realized, these shepherds, their need for a Savior. Do you remember in Matthew chapter 5 where Jesus said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God? You know what that means, blessed are the poor in spirit? Or blessed are those, or what a blessing it is to those who recognize their need for a Savior, because to them belongs the kingdom of God. That's what it means. Blessed are those that know and realize their need for Jesus because to them belongs the kingdom of God. Today, would you say that you need a Savior tonight? That you need a Messiah? You see, our sins are forgiven and now you can have peace with God. This is the announcement that He's going to give them. Verse 12, it says this, a Savior. A Savior from what? A Savior from Rome? A savior from taxation, a savior from oppression, a savior from fear, or a savior from your sins. It was a savior from their sins. And notice this, verse 12, as it says, And this will be a sign to you. You'll find a babe, wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Now notice this, this is going to be a sign see, not only does God give us and and promise us the peace and joy in Jesus, we see that there's also signs or confirmations that He wants to lead us in. He says, you're going to find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths. Now, when we we look at the manger scene in our nativity scenes today, we see it very beautifully. It looks like the manger scene. It it almost looks like you want to have a a little setup in your living room. But the manger scene was nothing like what we see today. It was a very foul, very dirty place. In fact, swaddling cloths, I want you to know this, the swaddling cloths are almost as pieces of, of cloths that were used in the embalming process of the dead. These were dirty rags that they would wrap people in after they had passed away, which was so fitting for Jesus. Because he was born only to die for our sins. You're going to see a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly as they heard this, look at what happens here. The first Christmas concert (laughs) in Luke chapter 2. This is why Christmas is all about worship. If Thanksgiving is all about prayer, then Christmas has to be all about worship. I pray that tonight you go home and you put some worship on and you start to worship the Lord as we have worshipped here tonight in the house of God. Because when the announcement came to the shepherds, the very first thing that happened was worship and praise and glory to God. Now let's look at here, verse 13. And suddenly there was with them an angel, the multitude of heavenly hosts. What does it say here? Hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace, will toward men. You see, they were saying, praise God. There was a vast of armies of heaven's angels. They were praising God. It was a song that God had put into them. Lyrics that were singing to God. And they are saying, praise be because of the peace that now man has with God. Glory to God in the highest heaven. And peace on earth. Notice here. Peace on earth and goodwill toward men. What does that mean? Peace on earth and goodwill toward men. In fact, the peace again that is being promised to us, notice this, he's saying there's peace now on all the world, on all the earth, between God and man, to those or toward those that are in God's will. Goodwill toward men, it, it almost signifies to those that are in God's will, to those that have received forgiveness, to those that have accepted now the salvation of the Messiah, to those that are in the will of God, peace. Now, I want you to know something that this verse explains to us, that it is impossible to have peace outside of the will of God. Do you notice that? Do you see that in your Bible as you read from cover to cover, that it is impossible for you and for I to be filled with peace if we're living outside of the will of God. Goodwill toward men. The peace that God offers us is the peace and the joy that is found inside of the will of God and inside of a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you believe that God sent His Son, Jesus, to die on the cross for your sins and for our sins, you're going to be filled with that peace regardless of what's happening now, externally, externally, You're going to experience the peace in your heart internally. Have you gone through situations this year, maybe, recently and lately, where externally everything is going wrong, but internally in your heart you have peace? You know where that comes from? Fellowship with God. Fellowship with God. So here we see already two things that we can find. In the Christmas story, what can you find in Jesus? In the birth of Jesus, you can find joy by abiding in the will of God, by obeying Him. You can find joy abiding in the will of God. And you can find peace, number two, by knowing that your sins are forgiven. You see that oftentimes what the enemy wants to come and do, he wants to come and bring condemnation that your sins are not forgiven. But the birth of Jesus reminds us that He was born as our Savior to go on the cross to die for our sins. And now we no longer live in condemnation. God has wiped that slate clean completely through the blood of Jesus Christ. And now we have the promise of eternal life. But notice the response in verse 15. It says, It was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem. And see this thing that came to pass, which the Lord had made known to us. So they hear this announcement, and you know what they have before them? A choice to make. (laughs) A decision to make. Just like you, as you're reading this right now with us, as we are listening to this right now, we all have a decision and a choice to make. Am I going to go to Jesus or not? (laughs) I've heard the announcement. I know the good news that brings great joy to all people. But are you going to go and look for that which you've been searching for your entire life because they have a choice and they say, let us go now. They heard it and they said to one another, let us go right now. You know what they didn't do? And I want to encourage you with this. They didn't disobey this announcement. They didn't delay. They didn't hesitate. They simply obeyed what the Lord had given them. Let's go see. Let's experience for ourselves now what the Lord told us about this. And it tells us in this very verse, verse 16 and 17, it says that they came now with haste to see Jesus. So, verse 16, and they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. They came with urgency, they came with purpose, they came with an open heart they came with a decision in their mind that they wanted to see the Messiah. They came searching. You know what Christmas is about? It's about searching for the Savior. It's about searching for Jesus, who only in Him you can find the peace and the joy that we today desperately need. It said that they hurried. They did not put it off. They did not wait. And in verse 17, it says, Now when they had seen Him, they searched for Him, they found Him, and they saw Him, they made widely known the saying which was told concerning the child. They, they said, you know what, we're, we're going to let you know what was told to us by the angel, that this is the Messiah, that this is our Savior, this is our Deliverer, who we have been waiting for. That prophecy has been telling us that we're going to have a Redeemer. And although the Jewish people were waiting for a, a physical Redeemer of a government that was going to establish a rule and reign, a kingdom here on earth, it was a spiritual Redeemer that they needed and that we need to die in. But it says here in the next verse, verse 19, But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart now. What did Mary do? She thought about these things. She was filled with wonder. She was filled with amazement. Wow! The words that the angel gave to Joseph and the words that the angel gave to me, these are all true because the shepherds have been told the same thing about Jesus. He is the Messiah. They, they marveled. They were filled with amazement knowing that Jesus was the Savior. Notice how the shepherds return. Notice how the shepherds began. The shepherds began with fear, but they returned with great joy. <laughs> Do you see that in verse 17 and, and through 19? It says here in the very next verse, verse 20, and the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had, number one, heard, for all the things that they had seen, and all the things that was told to them. Well, this is amazing now. They return with peace. And they return with praise. <laughs> you see, they started with fear. But they return with peace. And they return with praise. They're glorifying God because the word that God had given them to them was fulfilled to them. The word that God had given to them was fulfilled that night to them. The word that God has given to us tonight, is so true, it's confirmed in his word, that he can, in him you can have peace and joy. Because once you have seen Emmanuel, just like they saw Emmanuel, God with us, wrapped in swaddling cloths, and you see him as the one, you see him not as Jesus only, but you see him as the one that came to die for your sins. You see him as the one that came to forgive you, to redeem you, to give you a new beginning. And that is what we celebrate tonight. When you see him as the one, <laughs> you can do the same thing that the shepherds did. You can't help to do what they did. And that's spread the word. Because it says that they started to speak in praise of the things that they had heard, seen, and was told to them. You see, two and a half weeks ago, we, we looked at what Mary's response was to the announcement of the birth of Jesus. How did Mary respond? <laughs> then we saw... What did Joseph do? What was Joseph's response to the announcement of the birth of Jesus? And this last Sunday, we saw what was Simeon and Anna's response to a personal encounter with Jesus. What was Simeon and Anna's response to a personal encounter with Jesus? But you know what to tonight we do? We bring it in home. What is your response to the message? and the birth of Jesus. What's your response tonight? How have you responded to that? Because the most important question that you will have to answer, the most important question that you will ever answer that will only matter in eternity is what did you do with Jesus? What did you do with Jesus? That's the only question that will matter at the end of our lives. What did we do with Jesus? You know what Christmas reminds us and teaches us? That joy is not found in possessions, in possessions, joy is not found in positions. Joy is found in only one person and that's the person of Jesus Christ. And joy requires at least two conditions. It requires that we submit to Him. It requires that we now go and serve Him. Joy is maintained by believing in Him, by obeying Him, by abiding in Him. Because when you're doing those things and you're in the will of God, notice what you can have. You tonight you can also have joy even though circumstances may be difficult at the moment you can have joy because you're connected to jesus now what is joy is joy is found in abiding in the will of god but peace in knowing that your sins are forgiven you know maybe tonight you're going to go home and and do a gift exchange with your family members with your loved ones a gift exchange you give them something they give you something back right we're used to doing those at maybe uh, christmas gatherings. Christmas parties, gift exchange. It's been said before that Christmas is the greatest gift exchange that ever took place. Christmas is based on an exchange of gifts to man. His unspeakable gift of his son and the gift of man to God when we present our bodies as a living sacrifice. You know what God wants to do tonight? He wants to do a gift exchange He wants you to participate in this gift exchange. He wants you to trade your sorrow. He wants you to trade your pain. He wants you to trade your worry. He wants you to trade your fear and exchange all of that for his peace and for his joy. He wants you to exchange it today. You would bring that fear, bring that worry, bring that troubling in your heart and say, Jesus, today, this Christmas, I want to exchange that for peace and i want to exchange that for joy. Because it's only in Jesus that you can have that. It's only through Jesus that you can experience that. And nowhere else can we have that. But in knowing that he is the one, Jesus, he is the one, because of his birth, we can have the promise of peace and live in present joy, eternal joy as well. Can we pray right now? Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you. We want to praise you tonight. We ask, Lord, that you would give us the courage right now To exchange even our pride. To exchange even our ego. To exchange that which is standing in the way, Lord, from becoming closer and closer to you, from giving you our lives. I pray that we would be as these shepherds that realize that what they needed was you. And maybe there's somebody right now, this evening, who needs to find finally what they've been desperately looking for, and that is just peace. Not the peace that the world tries to give you, a false peace, that the world tries to give you something that it doesn't have, and that's peace. That people try to give you something that they don't own, and that's joy. But a true peace and an eternal joy. If that's you, that you want that peace, and you want that joy that is only found in Jesus, I want to you to raise your hand right where you are right now because I want to pray for you. I see your hand. I see your hand. Praise God. I see your hand back there. Praise the Lord. God wants to give that to us this Christmas. We will exalt you, Lord. In our surrender, we will exalt you, Lord, tonight in celebration and praise. Why don't we pray this together, church? Lord Jesus, we praise you tonight we exchange Lord worry fear anxiety pride all of our sin for your forgiveness for your joy and for your peace we no longer Lord want to live under the oppression of the enemy want to live, Lord, standing on the promises of your word. Forgive us of our sins. We choose to follow you with our whole heart. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you for the good news. We pray this all in your name. It is in Jesus' name we pray. And together we said, amen. Can we praise God tonight? Why don't we stand right now? We're going to sing this song. I will exalt you.